Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey, boys. Top of the morning to you. Hey, how's it going? There we go. Good boys. I'm uh, super good. I'm, uh, I'm I'm stoked. I'm happy. You're stoked and happy. Mm. What is uh, what is making you stoked and happy this morning? Oh man! Well, wifey and I got up. We went for a for an hour long walk. Yeah. That was a that was a nice thing. Came yeah. down to the studio, got a little bit of work done, and now I'm doing a podcast about David Letterman, which uh, <laughs> is always exciting for me. And the way I can prove that is that uh, I'm I'm embarking on the exact same endeavor. So yeah, it's a good day. Awesome. Yeah, so so tell us, um, uh, producer Mike, is that the way you want us to uh, refer to you? No, 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 no. Producer Mike <laughs> is just uh, that's that's the moniker on the uh, on, on late night playset. Okay. Um, for the uh, Mike Chisholm, for sure, is how we uh, will refer to me because I'm going to talk about. Um, I'm, I'm certain I'll talk about uh, all the different podcast projects and things like that that sure. I'm involved in. Awesome. So that's how I'm known. So. <laughs> If that works for you. Yeah, that works yeah, great. great. So, Mike, uh, what part of the world are you in? Um, are you familiar with where Vancouver is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm about... I'm assuming we're talking Vancouver, BC, right? That's correct, yeah. yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Because there are, there are different... There's Vancouver, Washington as well. No, Vancouver, British Columbia. Yeah. So, um, I'm about 250 miles in a valley called the Okanagan Valley. It's... Uh, if there's a Lake Tahoe in Canada, that's where this valley is. Okay. It's very um, wine country, but also very four seasons. So there's world-class skiing an mm-hmm. hour from where I am, mm-hmm. but also world-class water skiing because of all the big lakes we have and fishing and hunting. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's God's country. Oh, that's nice, man. It sounds, it sounds beautiful. Yeah, it's cool. I'm uh, very, very fortunate to be from where I'm from. So, Mike, uh, let's talk about uh, the elephant in the room, uh, the elephant being uh, David Letterman. Uh, what, uh, yeah. What's your tie, and uh, what, uh, what keeps bringing you back? So are we going now? We can, yeah. Yeah, I we're mean, working. No, 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 I'm, cool. I'm ready to go. Yeah, we're ready to go. <laughs> I'm cool. Like, um, for me personally, like I've done, with all the podcasting I've done, um, I just want to make sure that's not a pre-interview question because, like, yeah. for me personally, I don't know about you guys, but for me personally, that question mm-hmm. is asked in the pre-interview will not capture magic the second time it's asked to try and recreate it. Sure. So that's why I want to make sure if we're if we're going, then uh, okay. Then let's, well, let's let's, let's, let's uh, all right. Well, then let's uh, let's start uh, now with uh, we'll just do some quick introductions and then we'll go right into that. Uh, into that question, if you're okay with that. I dig it, man. I absolutely dig it. Okay. Hey, Mike. We got a show to do. While well, we do? Is it that time already? <laughs> yeah, it's that time. Okay. It is time for Wake the Kids, Phone the Neighbors, a Letterman Tribute podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, Wake the Kids, Phone the Neighbors.
Welcome back to our uh, Wake the Kids, Phone the Neighbors, a Letterman uh, tribute podcast. Uh, I am Mike. And I'm Rusty. And Rusty, we have a very special guest. Would you like to uh, introduce? Yeah, so uh, through the creation of the social media for this podcast, after it slowly died and we brought it back (laughs) uh, due to, you know, a guy on Twitter posting four months after the fact, we uh, we linked through social media through the late night playset was uh, the general theme of uh, mm-hmm. how our conversation started, and through that conversation, we were able to get our last interview from Jay and Nicole. Mm-hmm. Thank thank them a lot for that. That was yeah. great. Yeah, and was then great. Uh, I told Mike, I said immediately once you immediately right back door after that, you know. So here we are, and we have on the phone with us Mike Chisholm. Mike, you there? You 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 doing yeah, good today? Everything great? Oh yeah, man! It's uh, <laughs> it's a it's a phenomenal day. It's springtime yeah. yeah. in Western Canada, which is a beautiful time of year. And uh, yeah, I'm very very happy to be here. I'm very happy to talk David Letterman with you boys. Excellent, excellent. So, Mike, uh, kind of introduce yourself to us and let us know. Uh, give us a little bit of your background and and what it is that that is uh, motivating you these days. Sure. Uh, my name is Mike Chisholm. I am born and raised in a place called Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. So if you know where Vancouver is, uh, we're about 250 miles east. I'm about mm, a five-hour drive from Seattle. Um, so so just uh, what you guys would call the Pacific Northwest, just above the 49th parallel there. And um, 46 years old at the time of this recording. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I met Rusty. Very, very excited to meet Rusty. Very nice, excited to meet you too, Mike, for that matter. Um, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's a cool time to be alive in a lot of ways because we are so blessed with connectivity. Mm-hmm. And when folks are into the same thing, um, it's very, very easy to create momentum. And, and Rusty and I, certainly when we met on the, the, the late night play set, you guys have, talked with Jay and Nicole. They're amazing people. They're very, very dear in uh, in my life, my wife's life. We're uh, we're about to go down uh, at the time of this recording. We're about to go down to California and, and actually appear on their show to plug our book and 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 uh, oh, get into all sorts of mischief. I'm sure it's that is great. awesome. Yeah, and, that's super exciting. Yeah, I can't wait to see that one. Yeah, yeah, so that's going to be really, really neat. But the connection with David Letterman. I mean, I've been a um, I've been a, a massive David Letterman enthusiast since I was a little boy mm-hmm. um, and I'm 46 now. So I didn't catch all late night. Uh, I certainly didn't catch the morning show, but I've, 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 I've done my fair share of catching up since then. Sure. And um, it's funny. The idea, it, you know, with Dave, Dave's story where he um, decided to go take his shot to go down to California. And then, and it, that, that story precedes with the idea that, you know, Dave wasn't uh Let's just say he wasn't an A student. Right. Then he sure. took a communications class one day, and someone told him to to speak for three minutes in front of everybody. And he's like, "Oh, I can do this." And 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 you know the seeds were planted, and then it moves forward and it moves forward. And he decides to take a shot and go down to the comedy store. Um, I was kind of the opposite of that. I did okay in school. I uh, um, never had a communications class. I got into you know, I, I started working for, uh, for, for, for Costco and then started building a financial 
business on the side and that's that's done you know it's treated me well and, and got me to the point where you've got a family and a house and all that stuff which is nice yeah there's always an itch it's the dream was never scratched it was it was and and i have this same this same um well i don't know if i go so far as to call it a skill but i have this same desire where i can talk and i can and i enjoy it and i enjoy the art of conversation very very much yeah yeah um so that's where the, the podcast came in. My wife and I went through some uh, some pretty from from 2015 on. I, I had this moment with the late show that I'm sure we're going to talk about. Rusty, you want me to talk about that? I'm sure. But oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that's after, a great story. Okay, okay. After 2015, um, my wife and I went through some. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. White water. Yeah, you know, life can sometimes give you some white water, right? You're slowing sure. down, and everything looks good, but then suddenly uh, the rapids show up. And she had a massive uh, health care um we got that kind of figured out and then my granddaughter was born my granddaughter is you got to understand boys my granddaughter is the cutest human being in the entire world <laughs> like there is no absolutely she is just oh my god and you're not amazing you're not biased at all i'm not but i yeah. would also uh bet my own money i bet sure. all the money in my pocket sure is, uh, you know if <laughs> gotcha. somebody wants to winner take all we can make that happen yeah um she was 18 months um, old, had hair down in the middle of her back, like this crazy, beautiful girl, uh, just with all this amazing spirit. And then we found out she had a tumor the size of my fist behind her tailbone. Oh my goodness. And it all turned out good. It all turned out really, really well. But, um, it, it all, this all ties together. I promise you boys, it sounds disjointed, <laughs> but it does all tie <laughs> it's together. It's all right. We're, like we're, we're, we're here for the ride, Mike. Keep going. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, it ties together like a Turkish rug. It really does. Um, so anyway, we're my wife and I, um, you know, because our, our granddaughter is is our favorite person on the planet. Sure. Um, we decide that when uh, when our kids have to go down to Vancouver to BC Children's Hospital for five months, we we just went down with them. So at the beginning of 2020, we went down to BC Children's Hospital. We thought we were going to go down to get a, a cyst removed. Um, a few days after the, the, the mask was removed, which was the longest day of my life. Um, oh, I bet. yeah, it was, it was, uh, oh, boy, oh boy. Um, we found out it was cancerous and they're like, yeah, yeah sorry, you're staying down here for another minimum three, probably four or five months. She's going to go through four rounds of chemo. She's 18 months old. Wow. So <laughs> yeah, it was just this, but it turned out okay. It was all good. She was the strongest out of all of us. Um, now, what they don't tell you in the manual is that there's a lot of downtime with cancer. Yeah. Um, there, there just is. There's, 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 there's a lot of hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. You know, the hurry up days or the surgery days or the, or the procedure days of whatever, whatever that might be. But even, even the chemo days are, you know, okay, you're hooked up for a few hours and then you're, you're waiting. Right, right. Our granddaughter, you know, she like I said, she was the strongest out of all of us. She just wanted to play even when she was all hooked up. She was well, sure. She, she didn't know any better. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And she was present. And I mean, I think as adults, we always are trying to move to a place where we can be present, where we're not thinking about mm-hmm. um, the past, which can bring on depression, or we're not thinking about the future, which can bring on anxiety. It's that place of presence that is such a beautiful, beautiful place. And that's where she lives. Even now, she's almost four years old. She, she just lives eternally present, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so my wife and I moved around. We were at seven seven different residences or locations or Airbnbs while we were in Vancouver. 
Um, and the last one that we were in, um, there was a, a lot of downtime, especially because COVID sprung up around us. Okay. And you can imagine what COVID in its infancy would be like at a children's hospital. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, it it was be locked down beyond. Yeah. Like up until her fourth round, you know, we were kind of Alara's entourage, you know, her mom and her dad and, 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 uh, Candy, which is my wife, her grandma and me, I'm her pa. We're always following her around. She's like a little rock star. She always had four people with her. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, it, uh, it couldn't be that way. She could only have one parent there. So, so Candy and I were supportive and in between chemo rounds, you know, Alara would come and stay with us and all that. Right. right. So mm-hmm. we had a lot of downtime and that's when we started writing. My wife and I wrote a book. It's called um, She Changed Me, One Ordeal, Two Perspectives. And it's a kind of a neat book. If we were on the Zoom, I would show it to you because it's got a little gimmick to it. Yeah. Um, if you look at the one cover, it says, She Changed Me, One Ordeal, Two Perspectives by Candace Chisholm. You read the book. You get to the middle of the book where the pictures are. It's Candy's perspective of what happened and how she dealt with it and all the lessons that she learned. It's a book about adversity. Sure, sure. You, you get to the middle of the book. Happy ending. Alara comes home. We go to one year later. Uh, talk about how things are. Everything's good. Great. If you flip the book, it says she changed the water deal to two perspectives. Mike Chisholm, and it's my take and the things that I learned going through it. Oh wow! And in okay. the middle of the book, that's where my story ends. So yeah, it's kind of a neat. Yeah, that is and, neat. And, and it flips, and it's kind of a kind of a little gimmick, but it's really cool. Can you find that anywhere you buy books? Amazon. Okay. Yeah, you can find it on the Amazons. You can find it on the Walmart.com. There you go, Rolls, guys. She ChangeMe.com. She ChangeMe.com will get you a signed copy if you want to do that. I mean, um, and awesome. I'm not here to plug the book. No, that's okay. No, no, no definitely. David, this is where the David Letterman thing comes back in. We're, sure. So we're circling around. I promise sure, you, boy. Sure, sure. No, you're good. You're, no good. you're good. You're great. good. We're, we're, we're hanging on, man. All right. All right. So, uh. My wife and I started writing that book while we were down there. But then I started writing something else. I started writing my uh, my David Letterman story. And the other thing, too, is my wife is building a men's mental wellness app. You need to know that, too. It's called He Changed It. Okay. And while we were down in Vancouver, we were like, oh, is, is this company going to, you know, suddenly everything stops. It's the world of technology. A men's mental wellness app, like, okay, um, we don't really have the bandwidth to build this thing now. Um, is it still going to fly? And, and and we realized, yeah, it is. There's a lot of people doing this. And um, it's, a, it's, it's a very important topic. Um, men's mental health is actually, uh, the World Health Organization calls it a silent crisis. I don't know if you know this, but three out of four suicides are middle-aged men. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm very aware of that statistic for sure. I let my wife know every yeah. time she's bitching at me. You know, uh, middle-aged men are the... <laughs> <laughs> How's that go for you, Russ? Oh, uh, it works. He's still here. Yeah, so. I'm still here. So, uh, so anyway, the thought was always um, when he changed it, kind of got off the ground. And you can get it now; it's in beta. It's uh, you can go to the Apple Store or the uh, or the uh, the Android Store. You can go in and search "He Changed It," and the He app is there and all that. Right. But the whole idea was always when this thing starts to take off, it's going to need a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was going to host a podcast for that. Now we get back to this because and, and it had no reason. It's not about a money thing. It's, 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 it's this thing that's been inside me since I was a boy. And the only way it manifested itself was by watching Letterman. 
Yeah, and living absolutely. vicariously through him. And and the idea of the fact that it wasn't just Dave, it was his staff. Yeah. And it wasn't just the staff that were characters. It was also the audience because the viewer mail or, or um, you know, you're walking down the street, suddenly a payphone rings, and you pick up the phone, and it's <laughs> David Letterman. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was just, he, in my opinion, changed the game by making the audience a part of it in a way that no other show had ever done that before. Right, right. Yeah, we, we, um, we I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we, we talked a little no, bit about no. this with uh, Jay and Nicole. Uh, yeah. This was, uh, for me personally, you know, the first time I had ever seen that fourth wall, you know, completely obliterated. Um, Absolutely, there we, was no wall. Yeah we, yeah, we all felt like we were part of the process, you know, part of the group, part yeah. of the gang you know, putting on shows in our backyard kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying there. Well, of course you do, because we both have Letterman podcasts, and mm-hmm. I mean, tell me that that wasn't inspired by that idea, right? Oh, yeah, like, sure. Like, we're, we're the evolution. And I say, you and I, Late Night Playset, I can look at Late Night Playset. I love, I love their show, because their show is actually taking it another step further, mm-hmm. where the audience can participate real time with the show. Right. But it's not... It's not just an internet Zoom show. Like with what Jay and Nicole are doing, they built a functional TV studio, mm-hmm. you know, with Dave's desk and Dave's mic and all of that. That's, yeah, you know, awesome. that's an amazing story. For those of you who are listening to this broadcast and haven't listened to Jay and Nicole, go back and listen to that one. Um, you know, because what they're doing is, is nothing short of, of amazing. Um, and they're evolving it even further because people can actually be part of the show real time and they want that community, that same thing. It's like, it's like Dave carried the ball, um, you know, halfway down the field, and we're all going, as the people who, who, who were spectating and watching, got invited onto the field, and we get to take the ball even further down and, and, and evolve it even even more because we're inspired by this guy. Yeah. And by the way, if Dave ever hears this, he's going to cringe. He doesn't like it. Oh, no, no. That's a, that's exactly what I was whatever. just thinking. I was just thinking uh, there's no way he would enjoy this. Oh, I was reiterating right. how mediocre he is. <laughs> sure. That's 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 smart. That's super smart. <laughs> hey, thanks, Dave. You're all right. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's like your uncle yeah. or, anyway, or your so, dad or something. Your dad's friend. You know what I mean? Always got the real good on yeah. point jokes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So to go back to the, like, I always knew I was going to host the podcast, and this is where that itch is coming from. And I'm like, okay, I need to practice at this. Mm-hmm. Um. And so we're getting to the point where Alara is getting ready to go home. Prognosis is good. We're all, we're all in good shape. That's the thing about, by the way, the thing about uh, adversity, sometimes you don't know when you hit rock bottom. Right. Um, we hit rock bottom very early into the, the trip down there, you know, yeah. Yeah. rock bottom was her surgery day, which happened very early on, but we didn't sure. know it was rock bottom, you know? And, and that's just, that's yeah, the I just, like, the wisdom that we took. I don't think anybody does until they, they have time to reflect. I mean, you're just in a moment. That's exactly right. And that's, again, why being present is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I wrote down my story. I wrote down my story about, it's just so crazy how this happened. Um, I wrote down my story about being on the late show, literally, because I was on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, in, uh, uh, on April 20th, we're almost at the anniversary, the seven-year anniversary, April 20th, 2015, exactly one month before Dave 
um, called it quits on the late show. That's right. monumental too, and being being there at that like end of it all kind of thing. That's pretty awesome. It was bonkers. Uh, the energy inside the Ed Sullivan Theater, um, and I don't know how many times if you guys have seen the show or, or, or whatever, but the, the, the energy inside the Ed Sullivan Theater is bonkers anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the Ed Sullivan Theater is a character in the show as well. There's just something about that place. Right, right. Um, just all the history, all the all the leftover energy, all Absolutely. of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So um, the story is crazy, and I'll get to the story here in a minute. But what what I did was I just, people have always like when they, you look at my Facebook profile, mm-hmm. the first thing, the picture you see, the little picture that you see is my wife and I at Dave's death. The picture in the background, the black and white shot. <sighs> It's even more bonkers, especially when you realize it's me in the audience. There's a shot of Dave, no jacket, in the Ed Sullivan Theater, turning and looking at Paul saying something. Then on the other side of the shot is the audience. And the audience is all laughing, and there's this one guy on the right-hand frame of the picture. And he's just sitting there smiling, kind of like a Cheshire cat. That's me. And what's happening there is Dave is using me as a comedy speed bag. Yeah. He's commenting to Paul. The audience is laughing. It's one of the greatest moments of my entire life. And it was captured by a New York Times Pulitzer Prize winning photographer named David, Damon Winter. Mm. And he took that picture. I'm looking at it right now. Um, and I get goosebumps every friggin' time I look at this picture. Yeah. You can see my wife's face. You can see my stepson uh, laughing. Uh, the friend that was there with us is laughing as well. There's Biff. There's Alan Coulter. And there's Dave looking at Paul, making fun of this Canadian. Yeah, that is a, was, that is a great picture, by the way. I'm looking at it now. Oh, and it's it's just think about the greatest moment of your life. One of the moments where you just were living in pure joy, presence, like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And 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 imagine if that moment could be immortalized. Never mind a selfie and all that crap, because with a selfie, you're, you're now thinking about the moment, but you're also thinking about the selfie. You know, it's kind of like taking out, uh, I'm, I'm a big music guy. When I go to a concert, if I'm in a very dramatic moment, concerts to me can almost be like a religious experience. But when you take your phone out to capture part of it, it doesn't, it starts to lose that because you become dual-minded. Yeah, sure. In that scenario, when I was, when I was talking back and forth with Dave in that moment, I was not dual-minded because I was very careful in what I say. Even though I was being a bit of a brat talking to him, I was very careful in what I was saying. And, and, and I was just living in that moment, just not able to believe that I was talking to David Letterman. And then I made him laugh. Mm. Talking about that in the story, too. Like, and that moment not only was immortalized by somebody, but it was immortalized as a piece of art, almost. Yeah. And it is. It's just crazy. So... So anyway, um, that's a little tease about the story. That's a great but, story, though. That's a good one. Well, it's 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 not bad. It's not bad for me. Yeah. For me, it's like yeah, man. It's it's uh, that's a tease about it. But my friends all said to me, "You should write it down. You should write down how you made it happen. You sure. should write down the the serendipity, um, the manifesting. You should write it down." And so we were in Vancouver. Um. And, uh, and, and then, so I wrote it down and it was like 10,000 words. That's like two chapters of a book. Wow. I wrote down the entire thing. I don't think I've written 10,000 words in my life. Right. 
Uh, it's an achievement. It's 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 an achievement. You get people who walk ten thousand steps in a day. Yeah. Right. Reading ten thousand words. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's uh, that's a that's a plaque you can put on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we get home from Vancouver. Um, he changed it. Is starting to to do its thing. We do think that we're on the cusp of of, of something really big and special. If he changed it, it's 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 already changing men's lives and. And uh, and providing some really cool insights and stuff. Where I'm very very proud of my wife and her team. Yeah. And and we start working on the podcast. And I need to get experience doing it. It's an itch that hasn't been scratched. I didn't have that moment. I'm had it now. Now it's time. And uh, and so I decided to practice um, a little bit. And I uh, I had put my story out there, and people who worked for the show. Um. I don't know how it got forwarded, and, and, and actually, this is, I do know how it got forwarded, but there's a few folks that I'm friends with uh, who worked for Dave that I keep it, they don't like to be in the limelight. Right. so interesting, the culture of that place, how many people are, A, protective of Dave, B, um, uh, introverted extroverts like Dave is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's so interesting on how many of his staff are like that. But anyway, the well, story I'm sure, got forwarded. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it, it, it was a cultivated uh, experience, you know, that, that he's surrounded himself with people that are like-minded and, you know, same type personalities and things. Yeah. Culture. It was a culture. Right. There's no right. question. No question about that. And, and it's funny as I become friends with some of these people, um, you know, cause this is 2020 that I was there. Well, in the last two years, this, the, the podcast that I've, that I'm doing here has evolved from all of these friendships that I've created. Um, establishing trust has been very, uh, Man, with some people, painstaking would be the word that I would use, um, just because they want to make sure that I'm not a guy that wants would, would ever hurt anybody, uh, you know, right. or, or hurt the reputation or be salacious. Sure, and sure. I'm not that guy at all. I'm yeah. just I'm Mr. Happy with the positive guy. But um, so anyway, my story got forwarded to some of these some of these folks, and uh, and I thought, well, you know what? If I'm going to practice doing this, if I'm going to set up a studio at home and and and, and start um, getting ready to do HeCast. I should do some practice runs. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I came up with a quick little YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Tales from the Late Show. They're still there. I think there's four or five episodes on there. Okay. Um, and uh, and I, I interviewed a few people that worked for the show. I, worked, I interviewed Glenn Borders, who was the head construction guy. Um, he did some cool things. So if you remember Dave's Vibrating Death? Oh, yeah. Glenn created that. And countless other things on the show. Um, there was a night where, uh, for a Super Bowl party, they were throwing stuff off the roof. And uh, and one of the things was a big bowl of salsa. And if you might remember, a guy, his, his face got covered with salsa, and then he looked at the camera, and he just gave, like, kind of a <laughs> uh, a no-sell, deadpan thing at the camera. That was Glenn. Oh, Glenn, he okay. Oh, awesome. A bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah, um, that's, on, the, on the show a bunch of times. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about Dave too. How he doesn't just involve the audience; he involves the cast and the crew and a lot of his stuff. You know how like Biff Henderson ended up being like a really big part of the show. I really like how uh, that was one of the things that I liked about him. Hundred percent, they're characters, and 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 they were the, again that tapestry. The show has so much depth. It wasn't just zany, but it was also zany, and we liked all that stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, that's the only reason why I watched it because it was nonsensical. <laughs> Yeah, totally. But then it was so crazy how, though, it could be nonsensical. And then 
Dave would, you know, turn on the genius switch. I guess the genius switch is always on, but he would he would show us that it was always on, and and suddenly, you know, he would come up with something so insightful that it would make you think like, oh, oh yeah, I guess that that wasn't a joke, but right. he always had to cover that it could be a joke. You never yeah. know, yeah. right? He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a Cheshire cat. So anyway, I did an interview with him. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Arthur Kelly. Arthur Kelly was the guy who played Mike Singletary. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. On Coach's, yeah. On Coach's corner, sure. <laughs> So Artie and I have become buddies, and uh, oh, that's awesome. oh man, that guy is wacky. He is so wacky, um, and 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 so I had him on there, and, and I mean, the interview is brutal, especially the first one that I did with him. Right, it's sure. brutal, like learning how to learning how to go back and forth on Zoom, you know, learning how to listen as well as talk, learning how. But the seeds were being planted for me to gain this uh, skill of podcasting, right, and. So anyway, start building HeCast, and uh, we've done, uh, I'm proud to say, we've done over 100 episodes. We've had wow. all sorts of people from life coaches to yeah, good job. life coaches to, uh, yeah, no, no, it's, it's good. That's it's a on milestone, video yeah. and, uh, and audio. It is. Very okay. much so. We're very proud of it. So award uh, nominated in, uh, in a few different uh, venues and things like that. We've had all sorts of guests from filmmakers to uh, life coaches to authors to mm-hmm. counselors to athletes. Um you know, big hockey guy had a bunch of NHLers on there. Yeah, I um, saw your I saw your Gretzky jersey on the on the wall there in one of your pictures. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Wayne Gretzky guy. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, we've you know uh, done that, and 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 while that's been happening over the last year and a half, so too has the relationship between myself and 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 many of the folks that were close or part of. Um, late night or the late show. Yeah, and and I don't know about you. I'm, I'm I want to ask this of you guys again. I feel like okay. I'm talking to you. Awesome. So no, sorry, you're good. Please. You're good. You're good. We're just letting you talk, man. All right. I uh, um, I have this thing inside me now. It's not just the desire to broadcast because the broadcasting's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's funny sometimes when you you get to where you want to get to. And then you see the real horizon of where you want to get to. Right. Um, you know, you see that first horizon, you know, it's kind of like the, 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 the little hobbits leaving the Shire for the first time and they get to their <laughs> yeah. first kind of goalpost, but then they look and see the real goalpost. Oh, my precious. There. Oh my God. Yeah, right. You, you, you didn't even, you didn't <laughs> even know that that second goalpost existed. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where I'm at now. And, and, and I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you the motivation for it. And maybe this resonates with you guys, um, especially you, Mike. Like, I love that. I love your dynamic. I want to say this about your show. No, we appreciate that. I love that. the dynamic. Well, it, no, it's true. You got a guy who, you, you're, you've got a few years on me. Uh-huh. So you remember more of late night than I do. Yeah, yeah. I keep being told I've got what? a few years on people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's Rusty. Yeah. Who's got a decade or, you know, have a decade and a half less than me. Uh-huh. The guy who sees this stuff on YouTube and is like, "Oh my God, this stuff is genius!" and 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 I love the dynamics that you guys have. Um, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a big compliment. Well, no, it's it's, it's true. It's I by design. It's a, I think it's a massive. Yeah, oh, it's by well, design. He's, yeah. Trying, yeah. To, he's, trying, to my, he's trying to steal my. He's trying to steal my youth through a that's, microphone. That's total BS, there, Mike. There, uh, there is no design here. <laughs> If I if you I learned any of our if I learned anything from David Letterman is I show up and I just do this thing so that's uh, yeah that's yeah. 
that's kind of my my take on it. But but my love for uh, Letterman started real early, and uh, to be able to talk about this and possibly get close to folks that that were there and uh, talk to folks who have the same sort of obsession with it that I do uh, is yep. uh, is that goalpost for me. You know, uh, it's one yeah. of the goalposts, and now that we're starting to meet folks and, and talk to people like yourself. Um, I can see a second goalpost starting to arrive here. Now, I don't, I don't know what that goalpost is yet, but, but there's definitely yep. something past this. I'm a football guy I like the end zones. So mm. I'm seeing, I'm mm-hmm. seeing the next end zone right now. Yeah. I don't want to be hit cause I'm old. So I'm just kicking. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can be the kicker. There you go. <laughs> I, uh, I, I resonate exactly with what you're saying, Mike, like, like I get it. Um, I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let me throw this one on you. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because you, like I say, Johnny Carson and my 24 year old, uh, daughter-in-law mm-hmm. just looks at me with her cute, you know, she's got these dark eyes and little and, and blonde hair. In a, in a high ponytail, she's little, she's five foot nothing, she just looks at you, it's a big little smile, she looks at you and blinks, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny Carson? Who the yeah. is Johnny Carson? Yeah. Um, I'll go a step further. Um, so I've, I've kind of become friends with, uh, and I'm going to have Rupert on my podcast. Here. Oh, wow, great. He's actually he's actually going to go on the Men's Mental Wellness podcast. Wow. Uh, he wants to talk about, we're, we're going to do a podcast on gratefulness. Okay. And then awesome. I'm going to take it and I'm going to throw it over to the Letterman side too, so it'll kind of go on both. But, That's super cool. Um, That's yeah. great. No, we'll check that yeah. out. So, so, um, I, I, Rupert, um, no, Dave just did on the official Letterman channel. And by the way, how happy are we that they've got the official Letterman channel out now oh, yeah. on YouTube and they're populating it? Oh my God. Yeah. So I actually happy. had emailed worldwide pants trying to get, uh, trying to get older clips that I couldn't find anywhere. And they had said, well, you could pay for them or you could wait until we create our YouTube, yeah. which is right around the corner. Yeah. So I knew it was coming yeah. pretty soon. I'm glad it was sooner than later for sure. Absolutely. Oh. Me too. Me too. Man. I like how they're curating them as well, but they're also putting new content. So he's sitting there with Barbara, and they're doing all the, the, these new little clips and stuff. I really like that. Hundred percent. It's so good, and it's revitalized. You know, guys like us, so all the things that we're doing, and 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 uh, and just it's been a, a little shot in the arm for yeah. us doing what we're doing, right? Right. But it was so funny. My my daughter runs over, and I'm going to get back to this, uh, Mike, in particular. Because the Carson thing is the is is where I've had my kind of epiphany, um, but Savannah, my my daughter in law, was over and and she's like, and I was like, when I had my first call with Rupert, mm-hmm. I was pretty happy. Like oh, I was yeah. like, oh my god, oh yeah, Rupert, absolutely. Oh my god, and I've actually become really good friends with Rupert's girlfriend, and um, we so we go back and forth, and 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 um, it's great. And so I'm all excited. I'm like, Rupert's gonna be on the podcast, and Savannah, God love her. Great. Who's Rupert? I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Come here, come here, come here, come yeah. here. It's time for you to sit yeah. down. You just stepped in it. Now that means, you know, your father and I is going to be talking to you for half an hour about this and teaching you some things. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so, yeah. Welcome to my life, Mike. Uh, I'm surrounded oh, by go. people that blink at me all the time. There you go. So we uh, we bring up the clip of Dave talking about Rupert. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the bits. That, of course, the most famous bit they did was with Rupert with the with the disguise on and the earpiece, and Dave would tell him whatever to say, and he would say what he. So, so Dave explains it, and Savannah just goes, "Oh, that's just like what Ellen does." And I look at her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "No, 
that's oh. just what Ellen homaged Dave with. We'll be polite. We'll say that she homaged Dave with. I'm sure um, there's a quote somewhere of probably Ellen DeGeneres probably saying something like that, probably. Oh, it must be. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm certain. I've heard it from um, a lot of TV people that, and and I've never heard any of them say Jay Leno was an influence, but it's always David Letterman and Johnny Carson for sure. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. Well, where did headlines come from? Like, and I'm not, I'm not a Leno hater. There's a lot yeah, of Leno yeah, haters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not a Leno hater. Not, not at all. I'm not just, at all. But, but it wasn't yeah. for me. It was really old. By the time I came along, Jay Leno's comedy was really, really old for the audience. It that just felt David safe. Letterman already it had. It felt too safe. Yeah. Bill, Bill Carter in uh, in in late shift. Bill Carter talks about this, and he brings up an example that I've always I've always uh, really appreciated. Um, the fact that uh, that that Jay Leno's like pop music. Like you look at Jay Leno, he's yeah. like Britney Spears. David right. Letterman's like Radiohead. I mean, that's right. that's how I would that's yeah. how I view it because I love Radiohead. I worship those guys. Oh, yeah. Or or Pink Floyd, you know. Yeah, anything you, like you, that. Yeah, yeah, just alternative. Well, different. I, yeah. I think when we were talking to to Jay and Nicole, I I mentioned that um it it was kind of like punk rock for me. You know, I mean, it was yeah. nobody else was doing anything like that, and so you felt like a real insider. You know, this is this is totally. bef- before before uh, any of the people that uh, before any of the hipsters. You know, this was like, uh, well, I get Letterman, you wouldn't get it. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Yes, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that, and 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 growing up, even even when he moved over, like for me, my heyday really really began when Dave moved over. Okay. Um, I was a big part of that. Like I was in high school when that happened. I would I sourced out everything, you know, the Newsweek and Time and all the magazines, everything that talked about the move. And this is probably a year before Carson left. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is where we get back to. I don't know if this is your motivation, but it certainly is mine. Um, this is that new horizon, and it all kind of links up. Like, Mike, think about it. I, I, can you you remember how big Carson was? Oh, yeah. Giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giant. Yeah, Dave today, he will tell you, no, he is nothing compared to Carson. Oh, sure. Now, yeah, absolutely. How fast has Mr. Carson been forgotten? No, you're you're, you're 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 right. You're yeah. absolutely right about that. Um, Carson was he was the the talk show late night industry, uh, yes. And then for him to hand it off, it felt like, um, you know, with Dave moving and and uh, Leno taking over and all that stuff, it just felt different. Like, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, it it kind of yeah. felt like. Um, I don't know. You know, if you had a pair of Jordans uh, when they first came out, those are great. Which I do. I've got like 40, 40 something there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then, <laughs> you know, 10 years later, if you got a pair of Jordans, yeah, people are still standing in line, but it's not the same, you know? And so that's that's kind of after the move and after all the other late shows have started and tried and failed and then the new ones came back yep. and all that, it just felt completely different. And I can tell you now – uh, I don't watch any of them because they just don't uh, saturated. It's like yeah, a wet it's, blanket. It's saturated, and I just I don't. There's know. no dry spots. The, the humor is not the same. I'm a sneakerhead, and I got a bunch of Jordans. I'll tell you what you're talking about right there in the sneakerhead community. They talk about those Jordans you were talking about, OG, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and that's what Carson wants. He was the OG. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. And, but and, even and, and even Carson, doing... even Carson, when you would talk to him about it, though, he wasn't. You know, he would never take credit for that. Yeah. Uh, it nope. was yeah, it was it was everybody that came before him. And for all of our listeners that don't have AARP cards, you could find <laughs> Pluto TV has Johnny Carson running twenty four seven. I just want it to be known well, that I have not given in to the AARP uh, uh, mindset yet. <laughs> well done. Well done, sir. And never do. We are, I, we are kids. Um, our inner child are at the wheel, and we are very happy about that. Oh, no. I'm always going to ask for my, uh, my discount on soup. But uh, other than that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> what kind of soup do you like there, Mike? Uh, anything that goes down smooth. I don't want to do a lot of chewing. I got you. Sure. <laughs> so this revelation about Johnny Carson being forgotten yeah. is, is and, 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 you know, Savannah says that to me and she goes, you know, Johnny, because the whole thing was. Well, you, um, should, you should let your daughter-in-law know that if she downloads the Pluto TV app, this isn't a plug for them or anything. This is a plug for Johnny Carson. Sure. So they have a Johnny Carson channel. There's a classic set of channels they have that play a bunch of classic shows, yeah. and one of them yeah. is the Johnny Carson show that just runs in perpetuity. It's like a 24-7 show. Download the Pluto app and use code Rogue Media. Well, there you go. That's, that's, <laughs> not, a, that's not a real thing. It's not? No, nah, I wish. Damn it. Nah, I sorry, wish. I swore. I didn't mean to swear. I'm That's sorry. okay. That's okay. You, nah, get, you're good. you get one. You're good. I was, I, I was seriously had the iPad out and I was, I was multitasking. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, I no, I, and it freaked me out because it's like, oh my god, this can't happen today. Right. Like it, 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 it was like I got hit in the face with a cinder block, and I'm like, no way, this can happen today. Mm-hmm. And 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 that was when. The idea for the Letterman podcast, like the Tales from the Late Show thing, was always just going to be a thing I did on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and by the way, one of those episodes uh, had author Scott Ryan. Okay, Scott Ryan wrote, in my opinion, like I love Bill Carter's book, but I'm going to go and say the Last Days of Letterman, in my opinion, is the best Letterman book out there. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day. I think I think we've got a couple of copies coming. Okay, good. Scott's a friend. So if you guys want to have him on the podcast, we can hook that up. Oh, that'd be um, wonderful. Scott oh, is a, be, he's yeah. a phenomenal guy. Yeah, um, that'd be but top. read the book yeah. twice before you have him on there because it is it is such a good book. Um, I can't I can't explain enough because it's 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 from the 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 uh, opinions of the staff. Right. Uh, like a lot of these people that I become friends with are people who are featured in the book. And, and it's funny, Scott didn't ask one question about Dave. All he asked about was the lead-up to that last six weeks, and then he goes through it show by show with the last six weeks, including the one I was on. And and through not asking any questions about Dave, everybody just was candid. It's like when, when a photographer goes around a party and doesn't make anybody pose, but they take all these candid shots. Yeah, sure. And those are the best photos that you could ever have. No, That's absolutely. what the last days of Letterman is. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward Phenomenal to it. Book. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to reading it. So, absolutely. So, so my interview with him on uh, on the Tales from the Late Show, that, that, that's just on YouTube, by the way. It's not available anywhere else. It's just, uh, you know, it's just me practicing. Yeah. But he said something very interesting about Carson in that interview. He, Carson, at the end of the day, Abe is really, now other than Conan, but that interview was shot before Conan retired, mm-hmm. Dave is really the only guy who went on his own, went out on his own, court 
Craig Ferguson. I'll go ahead and put it out there for Craig Ferguson. Yeah. He got to leave. He got to leave his own way and his own terms, and still walked away with a crap ton of cash at the end of the day, too. He he did, he did. But there was uh, things were brewing around him though, where he kind of had to make a decision. I think sure. is what Scott yeah, yeah, would yeah. say. That. I don't want to put the yeah, words in Scott's mouth, but with everything that was happening around with CBS and with Pants owning that time slot. Um, and, 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 and things were going to change. Um, that's a show that needs a podcast. Craig Ferguson for me, that was, that was, uh, that's like my generation's, I I guess for me, the little short time he was there, that was, uh, that was like iconic for like, cause I would watch Letterman and then boom, I would watch Craig and I watched Craig Craig for his entire run. So yeah, no, that was, he's iconic. He's just, uh, I don't know. He's just an amazing, dude. He's, I wish he would have. Uh, I wish he would have been in late night longer. But I'm glad that he wasn't because he never was there long enough to be burnt out on it. Mm. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with that. It was always pure comedy. Um, yeah, but Carson was ousted. Mm-hmm. He, he really was. He was totally ousted, and and I mean, it's such a shame that 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 yeah, he aged out. Late night. Sad to say it, but yeah, he aged out for sure. Comedy anyway, comedy yeah. wise, Bob Hope was no longer funny. Yeah. That's, I mean, um, that's a I can, that's a I really good certainly. point that Bob Hope was no longer funny. Yeah, uh, that 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 is definitely like right on the target there. If Bob Hope was no longer funny, then Carson's days were limited. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, I I look at Carson didn't get to that point. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. You know, like I look at uh, I, I watched Dave's last few appearances on Carson. I, you know, it's one of those things. That's one of those things where John Giller has been like a godsend to me and a lot of other Letterman fans that say the same. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I just throw on, you know, Dave's last few appearances on, on, on Carson or I throw up the, uh, uh, you know, the compilations that he makes about uh, about that. and That's where and, I've got a lot Carson, of research from for the first few episodes because he has all the clips from the game shows and everything. He has all the yep. clips from everything. So when we were doing that, like, preliminary episode, it was cool to go through all that because I, I never watched any of these game shows, obviously. I never even heard of some of the game shows that he was on. And it was cool to go sure. back and be able to pull from all those videos that he was on and see the same, you know, just this uh, gradual growth into what he ended up being as far as a superstar at the end of it all. Absolutely. Uh, he's, uh, Don Gill is doing the Lord's work as far as I'm concerned. Um, no, fin- and, fantastic. Uh, and, and, and the fact that the fact that he's in an official capacity now is just, uh, oh, uh, I, I couldn't be happier yeah, for that's that a, guy. That's and a for, dream come the, true the, for the, a Letterman yeah. fan. Yeah. yeah, that's a full circle thing. 100%. 100%. But I just, I, I have this compulsion inside me. So, 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 you know, it wasn't always that I was going to start a Letterman podcast. That's not... That wasn't where it was at. It was it was it was a, a cumulative um, seven year journey from the night that I was there, and I had that amazing experience, all the way to where we are now. And that, it, it, like I said, it hit me in the it hit me in the face like a baseball bat. And it was like, yeah. nope, we can't allow. You know, like Mark Malkoff is finishing the the, the Carson podcast. He's 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 doing his last episode here in a couple of weeks. And it's like, wow. oh my god. Oh, wow. You know, and he's done a phenomenal job of 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 informing people, carrying the as torch. To what it was like, well, absolutely. But guess what? We still got Dave. We still got Dave doing shows. Um, I love my next guest. I love it so much. And we have a community out there that, you know, in my you know, mind, sorry to interrupt you. And that's 
Sorry to interrupt you, but you know what I enjoy the most about those letter the, the 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 longer form is what I enjoy. It's good to see him instead of him in the the short, quick, get your story out, get the next guest on, get your story out, let's listen to some music, show over. You get the really long, drawn out interview, like a actual full blown, you know, uh they're not coming out there just to tell a quick story or plug a book. They're 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 there having like an intimate conversation. Long form, man. I mean, we're podcast fans. Uh, so we get it like we get it we understand and 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 it, of course that that attracts to us and there are some out there who are saying oh i wish they still did Danny Danny stuff it's like nah you know what he's 35 year old man i loved when him and billy eichner ran down the street uh uh, uh you know, <laughs> you know yeah. Dave being a part of that i love little 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 pieces of of dave being part of these things but mm-hmm. that's not what makes him him no. my favorite segment the last you know what? I'll even go so far as to say since 9-11. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my favorite segment on the late show was always the first segment after commercial break where Dave just talked to the camera. And, uh, and, and Bill Carter wrote about this. And he talked about how sometimes Dave would just talk to the camera. And he'd tell the famous one is the bear being in the house or, mm-hmm. or something happened to him over the weekend with the family or whatever. And many times there'd be a blue card sitting right beside him with a, with a, with a segment comedy segment of some sort and he'd just leave it alone because yeah. he says, no i'm just gonna talk i'm just gonna talk to the audience and that was my favorite moment on tv at, yeah, for 15 years right i right. loved that and but as far as i'm concerned my next guest is just more of that yeah and, yeah you know? well you would you would get you would get the real dave at that point absolutely yeah Absolutely. So, so, Mike, tell us. Uh, you you've referred to the Letterman podcast several times. Tell us. Uh, tell us what the yes, plan sir. is and uh, what we can look forward to. Well, you know, I'm going to go back to the Joker from The Dark Knight. Do I really look like the kind of a guy that has a plan? Um, <laughs> let's use that term loosely. I uh, I've I've had a lot of encouragement from folks around me, uh, both attached to the show and not. Yeah. Um, and 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 said okay you want to be a gatekeeper for this thing? And, 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 and so I said, yeah, I get inspired to do it. Uh, so what I'm doing is um, on the 20th of this month, so a few days from now, probably uh, uh, a few weeks after this broadcast airs, yeah. um, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, the Letterman podcast has, you know, we've started a Facebook presence and, and I've set all the accounts up and everything. Um, I'm going to put out my story expanded so now it's instead of 10,000 words 14,000 words so I'm sorry if that words you out there Mike but yeah uh, yeah well those 4,000 words are really creeping me out yeah I don't like that (laughs) um I'm putting the story out you know uh it's kind of like a little little uh letterman manifesto as to what's happening here now I do Um, like the word manifesto that that did perk me up so you're good there outstanding outstanding (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to tell the story, which has now evolved into the fact that the podcast is coming out. I want to uh, be a gatekeeper. I'm not saying be a torchbearer, not yeah. not the torchbearer, but a torchbearer. I think that sure. um, I, I'm a big believer. You know, Jay and I talk about this all day. Ryan and I talk about this all the time. How how cool it would be if there was a network. Yeah, that's what um, my next question was going to lead into. Actually, was uh, asking what your thoughts, feelings, emotions. You know all that kind of stuff was around a a Letterman podcast, not even just a podcast, but it could be a a Letterman network for content period, all types of uh, original content and non-original content, just anything Letterman, you know? Yeah. 
I, I, I think that uh, the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, um, I, I really am excited that um, there are others out there who have this same interest. Um, there's also clearly an audience. Like I'm looking at the Letterman YouTube channel and I'm watching whenever they upload something, how fast mm-hmm. uh, the videos are, are climbing. And that excites me too. It shows that there's still love there. Um, you know, and, and, and of course, I, I hear that Netflix is pretty secretive about their numbers, but I, from what I've heard, the numbers for my next guest are very, very high. I could imagine and, they are uh, just that, because of the guests that he has on there, just from knowing the the younger generation, because he's not he's not pulling you know Bob Hopes out of uh, out of coffins or anything to come on stage. He's he's <laughs> he's pulling the you know he's, I would watch that. Yeah, I, I probably would too. Yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> but he's pulling like what the what the what the youth wants to hear, what younger people want to hear, even people that are you know in their in, in their thirties. He's pulling the people that we listened to when we were in you know in high school, like Kanye West and Jay Z, and all those figures were coming out when I was in high. school school and then the Kardashian show not that I care about that but they you know it's, it's still interesting to hear all these different uh, perspectives but with Letterman in the long form but yeah I'm sorry Rusty I heard what you said but I've just still caught up on grave diggers with David Letterman I'm pretty <laughs> excited about that yeah it could be a good one it could be a great show no 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 you're right and 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 every he, single guest I I have loved every episode uh you know throwing Lewis, Lewis Hamilton on there um I thought was incredible because I mean, you've got this guy who's, um, you know, a, 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 an international superstar, but he, I mean, even in his preface, um, it's like he's introducing the audience to, hey, uh, here's this guy who is more famous than Tom Brady. Um, you know, check check this guy out and, and see how he ticks. And, yeah. and I just, I love that. Um, you know, you can tell that he has, that's actually going to be a um a question that I think I'm going to have at the end of most of my episodes. I think I've been trying to think of a way I've been coming up with sign offs and all sorts of stuff. And, and I've got that figured out. But I think the question that I'm going to ask everybody is, Hey, if there is a uh, one or two people that you would like to see as a guest on my next guest, who would they be? And I want to ask you guys that question. Like if you had a top three uh, folks that you would like to see on my next guest, who would they be? Bob Hope. <laughs> no, uh, so now nah, for my for my next guest, uh, the top ones that I would want to see: uh, Steve O, Tony Hawk, and uh, Carrot Top. <laughs> Carrot Top. Yeah. <laughs> and that's right. because I couldn't think of a third, and I think that would be an interesting conversation now that he is almost in his fifties, and you know, like I, I just don't understand Who, how. Top? Yeah, Carrot Top's almost in his fifties, in his late forties. He's so weird looking. Now. Yeah, he is. He's at and well, he's so yeah, he's still young. The would sure. be him and Dave in a gym somewhere. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. that would be amazing. Yeah, I think I, it'd be cool that conversation. <laughs> anyway, if there was a conversation to be had, I can't recollect a time that he was on Dave's show. I'm sure there was a time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he I was think he on there. Yeah. I think, I'm gonna have to pull these clips up. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pull the clip. Yeah, we're gonna have to have a carrot top. Someone emailed the dog. I I would love to have um, any of those old guests that um, maybe people don't remember. So like a Harvey P. Carr. Um, oh yeah. I would love to see him talk to uh, Pee Wee, but not as Pee Wee. Um, Paul Rubens, yeah. Yeah, that'd I, be great. I I I just think any of those. Um, 
you you could tell the guests that Letterman really enjoyed talking to either because they were just yep. super odd or because they were just good storytellers or you know the chemistry sure. was right or whatever. P. Yeah. Carr was one of those guys. Um, I feel like uh, uh, Paul Rubens was one of those guys. Um, yep. And then you know for shock value maybe uh, maybe share. Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Well, and it's funny for me. I, I I'm uh, I'm at a place where I look at my next guest, and it's the see, Paul Rubin and Harvey Bicar would be a phenomenal, but nobody would know about. Like it's not in the yeah. in the spirit of of my next guest. But right. like I I totally agree. I would love it if there was some sort of a. Dave always looks forward, and that's one of the things I appreciate about him. He's not much for sentimentality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has he has no truck for. How, how did he, how did Norm put it? No truck for the sentimental. I think he said, and yeah. uh, and I see that he's always looking forward. Um, well, you know, average I, guys I, usually I, don't have the brain capacity to think about more than one thing at a time, so it's usually a forward thinking right. mentality. Yeah. So we as fans are like, hey, we want to see you talk to Paul Rubens again, and and, and go through. And by the way, yeah. that would be a compelling. That would be a compelling one. Um, but I'll tell you who my list is. Uh, number number three. Uh, is Jim Carrey? Yeah. Okay. Um, because of the history, because of how big, you know, the the, the stature of Jim's career and yeah. things like that, and the well, history between the two. Yeah, especially now that he's announced he's not going to act anymore. Well, they say that he's yeah. he's going to act for. Uh, oh, there was something that he was supposed to something for Dolly Parton. A Dolly Parton buy. He's going to pay Porter Wagner. Mm. Dolly Parton oh, said. Wow. Dolly Parton. Well, I, I, this is this this is nothing from Jim Carrey saying it, but Dolly Parton said that if she were to have somebody play Porter Wagner, she said that you may be surprised, but I think that Jim Carrey would make a great Porter Wagner and somebody who grew up with a dad who was a you know a little bit older than what everybody else dad was. Uh, Porter yeah. Wagner, Dolly Parton, Johnny Carson. That's the reason why I even know who Johnny Carson is. My dad was born in 1960, so he was 30 when yep. I was born. So my dad remembers sitting on his dad's knee watching Carson kind of thing. So Your dad was born yep. in 1960? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, Mike, I was born in 1960. Can you, can you make sure Mike takes the gun out of his mouth? Yeah. Real quick yeah. yeah. Well no, no, yeah. no, no gun. I just, it just reminded me I have to take my medication. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and by the way, Jim Carrey's tied. I'm gonna I'm gonna give four because it's my question. Yeah, anyway, sure. Jim Carrey's tied with Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is also yeah. uh, one that I would love to see yeah. because of the history and because of the stature of the man. Oh yeah. Um, and 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 it would be an interesting, especially after the last few years of, of <clears throat> like all of the, the the stuff going down south of the border with all the rumors about people and all that kind of stuff. Tom Hanks got kind of caught up in that a little bit, and and right. and I just like the idea of of those two having a an old school conversation. Um, number two for me is Joe Rogan. Uh, and, uh, Oh wow. Yeah. That'd be a I great about that show. Well, I, I just, okay. So Mike, if there was anybody on this planet right now who was Johnny Carson, you know, Rusty's a little young to remember the Carson bump, right? But Joe Rogan has a comedian who nobody's ever heard of yeah. on his show. Yeah. And they are instantly made. That oh yeah, familiar. That was no, you're, that. you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, his viewership I, is higher than that of CNN and everything. Like I, his, I his never, crazy. I never thought the guy who would dare people to eat cockroaches would be the biggest influencer in the world. 
Yeah, what's the right? funny thing about that show is how he approached it and everything. It was a joke to him. Mm-hmm. So he just saw it all as one yeah. big joke. He's like, I can't believe people are really eating this crap. He said, I'll sign up for this. I don't care how many seasons you do. I'm signing up every time. Well, the, the only way I think of him is is that, is Fear Factor, and then I think of him on news radio also. News radio is a oh, big... Oh, I love news radio. Yeah, news radio is a big, big I don't know what that is. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, see, it's, there the you MMA, go. it's the MMA and it. Fear Factor. And when I was in high school is when he started his podcast, and it was like the only podcast for yeah. you know young men at the time yeah so i watched him yep. heavy up until his up until recently i watched him extremely extremely heavy up until you know last he, five years we are we are in texas and he is he, he's built his new studio in austin we're we're only about yeah. an hour hour and 20 minutes away from there yeah, we're right we've, the street from him. i have put in uh several requests me? i put in several requests to try to tour the place and uh, we'll we'll see what happens his new comedy club I, I I can't believe you're an hour away from mm-hmm. Joe Rogan's new comedy club. Oh, like yeah. that is uh, I that to me is like mecca. We mm-hmm. talked about when he changed it blows up because when a tech company blows up, they blow up. And, yeah. and, and and you know if it happens or when it happens, we're excited about that. When we have an office um, stateside, we want it to be in Austin. And a big reason that we want it to be in Austin is I want to go to Comedy Store 2.0. I want to go to Joe Rogan's sure yeah. uh, comedy club. Well, and that's what it is. I, I, and that's oh, what it 100%. is, is Comedy Store 2.0. The new farm is yeah. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan mm-hmm. is the new comedy farm right mm-hmm. now. 100%. And, and so this is where, again, a smart stand-up. And, I mean, Dave isn't a stand-up. He's a broadcaster. I get that. But he's a different type of broadcaster. And, 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 and he's an amalgamation, which is what, in my opinion, the reason that he was so different is the amalgamation of talents that he has he would say stand up was not one of his, but he was yeah. a word orator. That's what I say I about him, though. For an hour. That's he's what I say about him, though. Is is he's a he's a stand up comedian in the way that he stands up and he's funny. Yes, there you go, there you go. So to hear <clears throat> those two talk, and I mean, again, I think I always think of the B roll. Like so, and the B roll is 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 maybe Dave being on Joe's show, yeah. and then you know doing the uh, the my next guest thing with him. That to me would be. So compelling, and there's no one more compelling to me other than one man, and that man, of course, is Jay Leno. Um, I, I would Dave zags um, when everybody zigs. Oh sure. And and there's a there's a lot of people out there that think that I personally, by the way, I don't think it'll ever happen because I don't think Dave would. Be. I think that uh, I think that Leno would um, would not be able to stand sitting there for. You know, if they record for 90 minutes, they release 45 of it or 50 of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't, I have a hard time believing that Jay would want to stay in the fire that long um, and, and really get serious about things and, and talk about, I think Dave would do it in a second. I, I think that oh, Dave yeah. the day, he's, uh, it's, it's, he's such a, a conundrum um, in the sense of, you know, he's an artist. And so, mm-hmm. you know, all the, 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 the feelings of, you know, we get we get these feelings of of of, of nervousness and 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 oh my goodness! But then yeah. when the camera goes on, he is, there's no one more fearless than him when the camera right, goes sure, on. Right, sure. I think Dave should start. And, a, uh, I think Dave should start a competitive show with Jay Leno. Well, Jay Leno does cars. I think Dave should do planes. Planes or pedal bikes. Pedal bikes. Pedal bikes. <laughs> Manual pedal bike. He should just travel all over the world. Only, only bikes for bikes. two. Yeah, bikes for two. Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> two so or this, more. Is my, this would be my pitch. If I was a guy that knew how to pitch, if I had understood anything, this is where Jay and I, Jay, Lena, or Jay Ryan and I, 
are such a good um, uh, back and forth with each other because I'm completely out of show business and, and I've never, I'm not, I'm not attached to it whatsoever. He lives in that world. He worked on news radio. Oh, I wow. I came up with the podcast or not, but Jay worked on that show. Um, but my thing would be, again, you need the B-roll. So mm-hmm. the B-roll could be behind the scenes of Jay Leno's garage. And from a Letterman fan perspective, again, this is the reason why it's number one. I would love to see Dave zagging instead of zigging by he and Jay burying the hatchet. Yeah. Not giving the example that a lot of people who have either been on Team Dave or Team Jay, and I've never met anybody on Team Jay, but I'm sure they exist. Well, if we can't, um, if, if they can't bury the hatchet, we should uh, we should all act it out, and we should get two people, uh, one Jay Leno, one David Letterman actor, and we should bury the hatchet yeah, for them. <laughs> I have a shovel. I have a shovel. There you go. But with the B-roll. Such a weird brag. I have a shovel. You <laughs> <laughs> have a shovel. Hey, be proud, man. Be yeah. proud of that thing. Um, I had a rake once, but I lost it. Sure. Um, sure. <laughs> the idea of, of, I don't know about you, Mike, but for me, you know, Dave, secretive Dave, you know, private Dave. Right. I have always wanted to see Dave's car collection. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and that'd he, be cool. He never shows it. He should you know, go on he, Letterman. He should go, it should be Jay Leno and Letterman with the cars. See, that's what he should do. That's how they should bury the hatchet is Jeep. while driving in a sure. Porsche. Jay, that's right. And you give Jay Leno an episode of Jay Leno's Garage. And instead of it being at Jay Leno's, you know, multiple airplane hangers, you you do it where Jay tours Dave's car collection. And the thing that I love most about that, even more so than me as a huge David Letterman fan being able to see some of his cars, is the idea that Jay Leno is going to see this collection and there are going to be pieces of that collection that he covets. And I oh, like that idea yeah. very, very much. Absolutely. So... So, so that's uh, that's my list. It's um, a good list. It's a really good list. But but Mike, I don't think it'll ever happen. I gotta but, yeah, I, I gotta go back to your podcast. Um, yes, sir. You you uh, obviously are a guy who gets paid by the word, and yeah. uh, <laughs> um, yes, but sir. but tell me about the Letterman podcast. What what will the format be like, like are you are you interviewing people are you talking about old shows what uh what's what's the vision yeah. here it's it's going to be me interviewing people there's three types of people i'm going to interview yeah. i have one where i talk to camera as you as you mentioned i can i can do that okay now i've i've, I've sharpened that skill in the last year and a half sure um that's episode zero and i'm not going to ever release episode zero unless Something happens where, and, and it's really the idea of why uh, I'm doing it, what it's going to be, and all that stuff. If people want to mm-hmm. see it, it'll be around, but I'm not going to put it out. Uh, I, that episode, by the way, talking to camera, 48 minutes straight. So it's like, okay. Put it right, behind I a paywall. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about monetizing. I don't know that I'm going to monetize this in any way. I think I want to throw it out there as a service um, because, again, it's that that passing of the torch compulsion that I have, um, this it's, I can't, I just can't let people forget this stuff. And the body of work is too big and too much of it was thrown away, uh, because they had another show the next night. And I just mm-hmm. can't have that happen. So while we're still here, Mark Malkov didn't have the luxury of having podcasts in 1992 when Johnny Carson finished off. Right. No, nope. we have them now. Right. So, and we're still a lot of the principles, 
are still around. I'm so sad that I'm never going to have a chance to have Alan Coulter on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Big Red. I love Big Red so much. And, uh, and, and from everything that I've heard, just the kindest man. Um, and I love kindness. I'm a big fan of kindness. Yeah. I'm a big fan um, of announcing show, voices. So like, well, that too, sure. like the buffer, sure. like the buffer brothers and then, yep. and then him. And then wait, there's a second buffer. There's two buffers. Oh, yes. I didn't know there was a second. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, the Bruce and Michael. So huh. sometimes Michael, yep. and then you don't, they, you can't tell the difference. They both look, you know, silver foxes. Really? Yeah, they both look almost the sure. same, but they're brothers. Wow, you just blew my mind. Yeah. I, I had no idea there were two it, buffers. Yeah, I didn't uh, either until I knew. And it's time. Say it again. I'm sorry. Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah. Is the one. Yeah. And it's time That's Michael. The other one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. Bruce. Uh, no, Michael is it's time. And Bruce it's is, uh, time? So. Yeah. It's time. So did he did he copyright the phrase "It's time"? I think they both have it. Well, Let's get ready to rumble, I and believe, it's time. I believe they both. Yeah. I well, they I both knew. Have them yeah, I knew about the "Let's get ready to rumble." Go ahead but... and get your uh, checkbook ready for saying it, because <laughs> they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be wondering whether their royalties are on that. Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah. that's uh, if I took anything away from this this uh, conversation, it's that there are two buffers in the world. And Cassell, well, I like that. Cassell's voice as well. <laughs> yeah. Cronkite, I, I like I like iconic voices. So yeah, sure. So Coulter was one sure, of them. Sure, yeah. sure. Oh, Coulter was definitely one of them. Um, so so the show is going to be that I, I have three types of people I'm going to interview. Uh, people who were who worked for the show. Short people, tall people. Yeah, uh, yeah, darn right. <laughs> uh, we are not we are not uh, adverse to any sure. height yeah. differential on this show. <laughs> height is no issue. Um, no, height is not an issue. Sure, uh, we can we can work around it all. Uh, so, folks who worked for the show, um, folks who had a brush with the show, similar to my to, to my story, because there's so many who did. So, the oh, person yeah. who picked up the telephone, um, and it was David Letterman on the other end, and 25 years later, they're still talking about it. Right. And, and I want to be I want to be a place where those people can go and have a place to tell those stories. And I've got a whole bunch of them that have reached out to me already, because. It's funny. It's like they go to their office and uh, somebody says something about Letterman. Hey, Letterman, I was on there once. You were? Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I, I was in the front row and Elma Pearson came and sat beside me. Yeah. You know, there's our first episode right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's going to launch on April 20th. So, so those, uh, those people, people had a brush with the show. And then um, also people who are giant fans and have a unique story to do with the show. Okay. Um, those are the three types of people that we're going to have on. So, so for example, you guys would be a prime candidate for that. You guys, yeah. you know, haven't uh, yeah. necessarily, well, maybe Mike, do you, Mike, let me ask you this. Have you had any experiences with the show uh, personally? No, 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 no. Mine have always been from afar. Uh, I do like to tell the story of how I, how I had a reoccurring dream when I was a teenager that I would walk into a, an elevator and Letterman would be there. Um, and I I don't know where the hell we were going, but, uh, it was just the, the ultimate dream of either meeting him or talking to him or, or, you know, just getting some sort of the glow. I gotcha. So there you go. There's an episode right there. Yeah. Yeah. The most, uh, the most famous. Come on and you talk about the love for Dave or whatever. And then there's a, there's a, there's a little story that provides a little bit of entertainment. Oh, sure. So, so that's, that's very little bit of entertainment, that, that sure, but sure. Yeah. The most famous person, <laughs> the most famous person or thing that I've been uh, adjacent to would have been a effigy of Guy Fox. So oh. I, I don't really have any experience with anything to do with the show, except for uh, when I was a kid, it was uh, 
September 11th was like the, the first show that really like impacted yeah. me. I watched it a few times before that, but that was where I was like, oh, I need I need to watch this guy. And uh, yeah, generally around high school, once once pretty much this one shit got funny. Uh, when you're in high school, you're going mm-hmm. through that phase. Uh, yep. He he was right before Craig Ferguson, so I would watch Dave, yep. who was just as funny as could be, and then I would follow it up with Craig Ferguson, and then you know try to go to sleep after all that funny. Absolutely, I'd be in and, stitches. And I mean, I'd be physically in pain from laughing so hard from Letterman, and then from laughing from Craig Ferguson. Uh, it'd be it, it was uh, like watching, torture. Watching Secretariat and Jeff evolve, and 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 all of those things. Craig Ferguson was. I, I just, I loved him. The fact that, um, you know, you talk about long form, you know, it wasn't necessarily long form between commercial, seg- uh, you know, segments between commercial breaks, but right. he tore up the card. And I love that he tore up the card. Let's have a conversation here. He's good at it too. Talk about that. You know, there, there are comments to talk about that. The panel, you know, and I talk about that in my, in my, in my story a little bit, we saw Amy Schumer at the comedy cellar. And then the Monday night when we went and saw Letterman, Amy Schumer was one of the guests. Oh and, wow! And, um, and it was crazy how good Dave was at setting her up for the exact act that she gave at the comedy cellar. Sure, it was it was it was like poetry, right? Well, it's our prep Which time. Yeah, and she I, was she was just getting well, ready yeah. for the show, basically. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And 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 Dave just turned. He just kept you know throwing up a volleyball, letting her spike it, throwing it up, letting her spike it, throwing right. it up, letting her spike it. Right. But Ferguson he, was the opposite. Ferguson was. You know, these guys and gals who would show up on this show had nothing prepped. They mm-hmm. just had a conversation, and it was beautiful. I loved it. Yeah, it, it was a it was an entirely different show, but in the same vein. Yeah, well, that's the thing about it is I like that he got to do what he wanted, and Dave would stand up for him. Not Dave specifically, but Worldwide Pants would you know tell CBS, hey, well, you know, uh, it's time to be quiet a little bit and just let the guy get on with the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. So that, that's the format of the show. We're not going to talk about anything scandalous on the show. Yeah. Um, I made the decision that uh, I made the decision that, that that I know I know there's no way on God's green earth that David Letterman will ever listen to or watch. It's a, <laughs> it's a YouTube podcast. It's video and audio, which is nice. Yeah. Um, it's weird when it's I, just I, video yeah. with no audio. Well, I mean, I, I I've listened to Rogan like that for years. Sure. Uh, the Spotify thing with Rogan trips me out sometimes. Uh, you know, and I'm glad it's there, but I'm glad that both are, you know, I'm glad that both are, are something. I love, I love audio podcasts to me. That's like the evolved version of the radio show and how nothing ever yeah. dies. It just comes back in a different form. Oh, yeah. I'm a fan of that. Um, so we're not going to talk about any installations because if Dave ever did, I want this to be a podcast where if Dave ever heard it, he'd be like, okay, you know what? Let's throw this under the Worldwide Pants moniker. Like, yeah. like, like that's how, that's how we're not going to talk about scandal. The closest we're going to get to scandal is, uh, you know, Sarah Palin had a bad reaction to some of Dave's jokes and how Dave handled it, which by the way, is in my opinion, one of the top 10 moments of the entire show when he apologized to Sarah. There's, right. there's an odd had- number of Facebook groups that specifically talk about that specific situation <laughs> really? and hating David Letterman. Yes, there <laughs> they, is. There's like, when I was looking at all the interview. David Letterman fan groups yeah. and there was like a bunch <laughs> of them at the very bottom with only like five on each one, but it was like, you know, F David Letterman for talking to Sarah Palin sure. or doing whatever he did. You know what I mean? That, that whole thing. <laughs> well, and I don't know how many of those uh, sites would be, have been created by Russian trolls, but I would bet all the money in my pockets <laughs> that it's quite a few of them. 
Probably um, so. You know, she I could, talked to. She could see Russia from her house. To, yeah. Well, she sure could. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> talk about collusion. Um, <laughs> like, like that that moment again. This is one of those reasons why I just love Dave so much. Okay, he messed up because he, it was the wrong daughter, or the writer messed up, but he took he took credit for it. Right. Uh, it was the wrong daughter. Okay, they made the joke about the younger daughter. Mm-hmm. Right. Not the not the not the one who. Uh, who was always in the news. It was the younger one. Right. Okay, fine. Um, that's, uh, he, he, he screwed up. But then the backlash from it was such that he looked at it and said, well, hold on a second here. And so on that Monday, I guess it was a Monday show, I think, I don't know, but whatever show it was, when he danced around it and he apologized, but also put the exclamation point on making fun of her at the exact same time. I'm like, this guy is a, he's a master. This guy is an absolute uh, prodigy mm-hmm. when it comes to how to broadcast, how to deal, how to be entertaining, insightful, and true at the same time. That apology was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And it was an apology. <laughs> yeah. But boy, did he ever do a good job making fun of her at the exact same time. I just I, so, so that's as close as we're going to get to anything salacious on the show. Um, we're not going to talk about, uh, scandals or anything, any of that stuff. That's not what, uh, I mean, I do love the fact that Dave can, um, get in front of anything and, and own mistakes. Oh, I love sure. that he can do that. And that's an amazing skill. Yeah. Um, if ever I had him on, he cast, that'd be a different story. We well, I think, I think as far stuff, as him but, getting in front of stuff, he, he is, he, he's a Midwest guy and, um, yep. I, I very much identify with that. Let's just get it out in the open and get it over with and, and move on, you know? And that's, yep. that's one of those things where, uh, I think it's, it's, it's those people, those, uh, no nonsense. I don't want anything hanging over my head type people. Uh, and that's, 100%. that's a, that's a tough skill to learn, you know, uh, yeah. as an adult, uh, I don't care whether you're on TV or not, but it, it's, it's a tough skill to learn to get things out in the open and just move on. It's, uh, in my opinion, so one of the things with HeCast that we're doing mm-hmm. is, um, is we're taking back the phrase man up. Yeah. And, uh, and because man up has become, in, in my opinion, traditional, uh, version of, of maybe maybe Rusty saw this, but certainly Mike, what you and I have seen is is manning up means don't cry, means uh, take it and and, sure. and just push it down. Yeah. Don't deal with it. Don't man up, man, man up. Born in Walker 1960, room. there was plenty of that. Yeah, no, there was plenty of eat your well, feelings, so the big gulp. But, <laughs> yeah. but it's changed. It's changed since then. You know, oh, absolutely. Rusty, you and I had a conversation where you talked about there's been a couple of generations of to- toxic masculinity, but the the, the thing is, it's been um, that's a that's a way of of, his, of looking back at history when you're in it and when you see evolution. When you think about my grandparents and the Depression kids and what they went through, and then you go to go to, go to the baby boomers and what they went through. Oh, my grandpa versus, goes back to you know, even further than, than that. My grandfather was born. I never met him, but he was born in 1912. He had my dad when he was in his 40s. So, okay. like, it goes like, yeah. Childhood? No, nah, I know he didn't for a fact. A I know he didn't have a childhood no. because my dad barely had a childhood. So I know, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And and now as we, as we get to the point, like I'm a Gen X guy. And, and thank God, again, you know, um, firmly with his hands on the wheel is my inner child. And I'm so grateful for that. That's such a, that's such a great thing. Um, but I also am self-aware enough to know that that wasn't, 
uh, that's a fairly new thing. There are some articles out there that talk about how my generation might be the first generation to actually have a childhood. Mm. And so, uh, so, so I, I think about, you know, going back to the idea of manning up and we're taking that phrase back. The phrase man up is going to be, no, 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 we deal with it. Doing exactly, by the way, the example that Dave showed for us being a big entertainment celebrity, yet still having that, you call it Midwestern charm. I mean, I, I, yeah. I call it integrity too. You know, he oh, has sure. to, are there things he hasn't been proud of? Sure, read the biographies. You can read those biographies. Well, the the other um, thing is, Mike. Yeah, the yeah. other thing is, Mike. You get to a certain age where you're just like, I'm I'm tired of the BS. I I don't I don't yeah. want this stuff anymore. Um, yeah. You know, I like to feel like I I really moved past the toxic max, masculinity. It's hard for me to say, but um, sure. I, I I think I really moved past it, and and it was evidence yesterday. I had my parents over uh, for lunch, and I looked my dad yep. right in the eye once. So I I feel like I've really made a a, a great stride here. <laughs> <laughs> One time, yeah, right yeah. in the eye. I haven't seen his eyes since uh, 1976. Did anyone turn to stone? I just want to make sure that no, okay. no, we didn't. <laughs> uh, but but he he obviously did not like it. He left immediately. <laughs> well, and it's funny, like like even the term toxic masculinity. Okay, but back then it was just life, right? You know, yeah. back then, and and I mean, this is the thing. Oh, oh God, I love this. I love uh, this topic here, and this is where we get into on Hecast all the time. I love the idea of growth. Like, Mike, you talk about the idea that we're different people than we used to be. We grow, mm -hmm. and, and there are certain things that we just, um, you know, become – our eyes just become open to. And, and it's the idea, like, I remember as Gen X growing up, I remember, you know, the, the, the rise of the coffee house, flannel-wearing, grunge-loving, um, <laughs> apathetic, uh, cynical – because the baby boomers lied to us about everything from pot to how Vietnam started to all this stuff and the apathy that we had and how we're going to change everything. And, 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 and guys my age in high school started coming out of the closet and they got like, they just, and I just remember the, um, the trail that we thought we were blazing. So the generation after us is going to look up to us yeah. and go, Holy cow, you guys are amazing. And how, now the How'd reality work out? is exactly, and that's the, that's the yeah. whole thing is that millennials and, and Gen Z and, and all of that look up and they're like, "Oh, you guys did this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and this wrong." We're like, hold on a second, back sure. in the day, those labels didn't exist, and uh, we were actually, in our minds, changing things for the better. Right. And I love that, and that's one of the things I love about Dave is that Which Dave I, I'm can not identify that. with all those generations. I yeah, think that's that. I think that's every generation though. Every generation thinks they're doing the right thing. You know, even 100%. even when you're pouring the motor oil out in your backyard, everybody yep. thinks they're doing the right thing. Well, you know, yep. and it's, that's it's, where it's, motor oil came from was the earth. They're just giving it back in a sense, right? It's only <laughs> it's only through reflection and growth and time, you know, that we that we see any of this stuff. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. happy to talk about my mistake that I made that one time, uh, anytime. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've really grown. Um, well, Mike, it, it is, uh, we're getting to that point, but it has been uh, yeah. wonderful talking to you. Uh, give us a rundown 100%. of everything we can get from you and everything that you're working on. Sure. I appreciate that. Um, 
So right now, uh, the Letterman podcast, you should be able to search it by this point here. You should be able to search the Letterman podcast and find okay. it. Uh, the Letterman podcast with Mike Chisholm. You can join the group on Facebook. Come be a part of it. Come be interactive. Um, I'm certainly excited to do that with you guys and to have you guys be a part of my fun and me yeah, be a part great. of your fun. Um, excited about that. Heatcast is something that. So if you go to He Changed It, HeChangedIt.com, mm-hmm. um, you're going to find the website based on, uh, uh, on on the app that my wife and her team are building. Um, and and attached to that is Heatcast. Heatcast is available on YouTube and it's available where all fine podcasts are found. Um, you know, I appreciate that. And if you want to reach out to me, uh, I'm not a big big Instagram guy. I yeah. know I need to be, so yeah. I'm going to throw it out there at. Shazam Mike, S H A Z A M I K E. Shazam and Mike, all into one word. Shazam okay. for Captain Marvel, who's my favorite superhero growing yeah. up. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'd be, I'd be really, really excited to interact. Um, I'm a pretty friendly guy, for the most part, uh, even a Jay Leno fan. Well, and uh, <laughs> I would love to. Uh... <laughs> if you do need a, a social media manager, I am taking clients. Oh, there we go. <laughs> There we go. So, so, or, or, or reach out to Rusty and we'll, uh, yeah, if you figure that out. Hey, guys, I got to tell you, just before we get going here, you guys yeah. are doing the Lord's work, work too. Well, thanks, man. Um, we appreciate that. I, I, no, no, no. It's true. Like, we need to, we need to keep this stuff alive. And, and, uh, I would never in a million years look at, I think that the market is big enough to have a dozen of these things because we all have our different slant. We all have our different opinion, um, and vantage point. And I think all of us doing that together and looking at these vantage points together uh, paints a much better picture. So yeah. I am so thrilled for you guys and what you're doing. Um, also, the King of the Thing, yeah, that's fantastic <laughs> as well. That, needs, that certainly needs some work. Thanks, man. Uh, and, 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 and I'm just uh, really, really excited to know you guys. I can't wait Same here. until the universe gives us an opportunity to interact personally. Um, but until then we can do it, uh, technologically. So yeah, you guys are, are doing great work and I appreciate y'all. Well, thanks again, awesome. Mike. Thanks and again, we, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you very soon. Cause I feel like our paths are going to cross several times. Darn right. I sure hope they do. Let's make that happen. All right. Well, take care of yourself, Mike. And, uh, thanks for your love of Letterman and, uh, we'll see you down the road. Appreciate your time, Mike. Thank you, sir. Cheers, boys. Hey, thanks for joining us on Wake the Kids, Phone the Neighbors. I am Mike. And I'm Rusty. And join us next time for another episode of The Man from the City So Nice They Named It Twice. Wake the Kids at RogueMediaNetwork.com. Excellent. And we will see you next time. At the David Letterman Tribute Podcast. Okay, good enough. Ladies and gentlemen, Wake the Kids, Phone the Neighbors. This is not a competition. It's only an exhibition. Please, no wagering.